We are not zealots. We're not out here to be like part of some hippie movement. We're here to bring safe products to women um, and have them kind of shift the way they think about what they're putting all over their body. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. It's been a year and a half since we started this. Wow. That's kind of crazy. So weird to think that. It's the weirdest well, because I, I I think hard about, okay, like what were like the little conversations we were just talking about, like on the floor of our, my extra, you know, that room that we would record in. Yeah. And like when we would say like, okay, so like if we like have a, you know, a certain amount of downloads or what, you know what I mean? We would uh-huh. have those like really big, like crazy goals. And if we get to episode 100. I know. It's just weird. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's weird too, like, I felt like we would be, we were more provocative than we are now. Mm. You know, like I feel like we shared kind of a little more. Yeah. You, you know, like provocative and just, it, 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 in just I the agree. sense of the word, you know? Not, oh, no, I completely agree. I think we were a little uh, <laughs> loosey goosey yeah, and a loosey, little like, little like shock factor, shock, yes. but not purposely. It was yeah. just like, we were like flowing, but I think, and some of you might be mad that we don't do that anymore, but I think we do it in in little like mm-hmm. little hints of it. We yeah. sprinkle it in, but really, what this podcast has become like is n- not about us. So in the beginning, it was like, oh, Kristen and Lindsay, like twenties to your thirties, and yeah, you guys are going through it too. But we shared a lot of our personal experiences, like on the reg, mm-hmm. and it almost like did not give space to the lessons. Yeah. Like I didn't know if we were going to have people on. Yeah. We didn't even know. Yeah. If we were going to interview people, Mm -hmm. but like my number, my passion is interviewing people now. Like it, I guess it has been, you know, I always like found people at events or whatever and just wanted Mm -hmm. to like really hone in. Yes. Really hone in with one person or something like that. But yeah, I mean, a year and a half is freaking flown. Yeah. It's flown. Like I always think too, this is so dumb, but like in, (laughs) so dumb again, but like weight loss. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, oh my God, it's been a year and a half. Like think about how you could literally, ch- how this has changed my life, how you could change your body, how you could, ch- well, you know, and apply that to anything. Yeah. You could change your mind. You could change anything and it just flies and you don't even flies. know. Like, cause you can get so wrapped up and oh my God, it's going to take so long. Yes. And like, you just never start. Yes. You look at the goal. Like if I would have said, you know, a year and a half ago, have a podcast that has X number of downloads, have events in X cities, make this much money. And I'd be like, oh my God, but you just do it. You just do it. You just do it. And when it, when it, when it's right, it'll flow and it'll come to you. Mm-hmm. You know? I completely agree. You've been very 
lucky, but also the luck has like combined with mm. just... It's hustle. Hustle. Oh, hustle, no luck. <laughs> Isn't that a song? I don't know. It's you all t- hustle, you, no You tell luck. me, Krista Williams. I hope, I hope that's a song. Oh, hustle, no luck. Ace up Rocky Wood. wood. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um a Ace Hood song. Oh, oh thank you. Oh, yep, it is. Uh, uh, actually, play oh, it. it's it's play it. Easy Land. Tana. Only play eight seconds. You know what's hilarious is who plays this song? My sister's ex boyfriend. That's basically our pitch to sponsors. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, hustle! No luck. Hey, hey, future <laughs> sponsor. We want to turn a dollar into a twenty, <laughs> and a twenty into a fifty. Uh, hey, <laughs> what'd you guys learn from Mama's Thirty? Oh, hustle! No luck. Is my sister's ex-boyfriend used to um, play that song? He'd be like driving his truck to like work. Oh, like, uh, hustle! No, no luck. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Oh, hustle! My money, no luck. <laughs> Oh, I want more money, no luck, a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we got going for us. Okay, I feel bad again I feel for bad. the person on this episode this week. <laughs> Literally, our intros go roguey rogue. Roguey rogue. Um, the more I sweat, the more rogue the intro. Yeah, literally, good. my apartment is so We're hot steamy. right now. Our studio. My spray tan is melting. It looks great. I was going to tell you that. I am... Brown. It looks great. It looks like I like dipped Where'd my you body go? in four sigmatic coffee, sugared and bronzed mm-hmm. on Montana. Mm-hmm. I love them. I think they're great. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to like make it a habit to get a spray tan every once in a while. Yeah, totally. It's a little refresh. Um, all right. So today on the podcast, uh, this is a special episode because mm-hmm. we have two conversations. We are starting with Allison Evans, who is the founder of. Uh, one of the founders of Branch Basics. And Branch Basics is one of our new really rad sponsors mm-hmm. who, um, you know, we're doing an overhaul basically uh, in every aspect of our lives. And we're just kind of educating you if you'd like to try it as well, you know, one thing or all the things. So this has to do with your cleaning products, what you're cleaning your home with. And Branch Basics use a con- uses a concentrated solution um, that you... Uh, measure kind of different proportions for different um, modes of cleaning in your house, whether it's bathroom, kitchen, a streak-free like glass. And, you know, Allison struggled with PCOS and uh, different health issues. And once she adopted these, like this really clean, holistic way of living, especially when it came to her cleaning products, like everything changed. So we talk a lot about that. It's fascinating. So if you might be dealing with- Fascinating. Yeah, you might be dealing with a health issue and you have no idea that it's the the bleach that you've been using to clean your- That's getting like, on your skin, yeah. the largest organ in your body. Think about your skin. The little pores are just like little- swimming pools that can just absorb everything that you put on it and think about how toxic some of those Mm. things are. Yes. So um, we'll we'll hop right into it. Allison is just so lovely and kind and so excited and passionate about uh, this brand and these products. Um, Again, we never want to push anything on you guys. This is just like, you know, something that we are fascinated by and have incorporated truly into our routines and our lives and it has made a difference. So we just figure might as well share. We have a um, discount code too. Yeah. 15% off. Yeah. Hello. Almost 30. Almost 30 is a code. We don't get any kickbacks from that, but yeah. no pressure. Want to try it? Try it. Totally. Um, so here's our conversation with Allison Evans and stay tuned for our second conversation. We will intro that uh, after Allison. We love you guys. Enjoy. 
I do kind of want to jump right into your story is amazing. I've read, I've read a little bit about it, but I kind of wanted to save some of it um, for the podcast for myself. But take take us back to when you were 20 or in your early 20s. What was going on and kind of what led you to where you are now? Yeah. Well, you know, really as a senior in high school, I went to see a top fertility specialist here in Houston because I hadn't had my period since the first one that I got in sixth grade. And at that age, you just don't really think about it. You're like, oh, you have to wear tampons and I don't, haha. But it turns out I had thousands of cysts on each ovary and I was diagnosed with one of the worst cases of cystic ovarian syndrome um, that my doctor had ever seen and asked if my sonograms could be featured in some, you know, nifty textbooks. Like, great. So the only answer was supposedly to be on birth control until I was ready to conceive. And I was told I'd never get pregnant on my own, basically without the help of the most advanced fertility treatment that were to be offered at the time. So fast forward to college, and that's actually where I met and was rooming with Kelly, my best friend and Branch Basics co-founder. And I came down with this mysterious, debilitating neck pain that slowly spread to my low back within a few months. And I was losing motor skills. I remember back in the days where I used to drink cow's milk, reaching for the carton of you know milk and it just fell to the floor. And so I ended up spending the next two years traveling the country and seeing the best doctors. And I was on a ton of painkillers and muscle relaxers and antidepressants um, and nothing was working. So uh, I was honestly terrified at this point. I didn't know what was going on and my symptoms all resembled basically MS. And I finally had ears to hear my Aunt Marilee, who's my other co-founder. She's an environmental and dietary health consultant and had worked with hundreds and hundreds of people for the past 20 years. But of course, I always thought she was a little bit off a rocker and crazy and, you know, just like, what is my Aunt Marilee doing out there in the Texas (laughs) Hill Country talking to people about toxins? That's weird. Um, (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she basically explained how our bodies are made to heal and that removing toxins from what we eat breathe and put on our skin is crucial to that God-given process. And so, um, you know, I didn't have to be a victim of my genes or some bleak diagnosis and my choices really did matter. And my body had the ability to run in the direction of healing if given the opportunity. So at this point, I'm like, I'm all in, I'll do anything. I've tried it all and I'm sick of being on drugs. So within a few months of living cleaner, so to speak, my symptoms drastically decreased and I was able to get off some of my medication and Kelly who was living with me at the time. I mean, her interest was peaked and so obviously was mine. And we felt called to move out to the Hill Country in Texas and spend a summer with Marilee to kind of soak up her knowledge before moving out into our careers. We just graduated from college. Within a few months of, you know, eating only real food and living in a home environment completely free of all these chemicals, we were basically walking testaments to the, what we call the power of pure. I was off all medications. I was basically symptom-free. I was able to sit for hours on end, which I wasn't able to do for the past couple of years. And all the little things that Kelly thought were just, you know, normal women stuff like cramps and itchy eyes, dry skin, I mean, just disappeared. So the transformation was really nothing short of a miracle. And Kelly and I were like, okay, we got to take Marilyn's brain and blast it out on the internet because these one-off calls with people, you know, from her home in the Hill Country on a landline are not going to take her as far as she needs to go. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, kind of like went off on a tangent, but basically back Mm -hmm. to my PCOS, after a few years of living this newfound, you know, clean lifestyle, my fiance, who we've been together for years, encouraged me to go back to that same doctor um, who I hadn't seen in a long time and do another sonogram. 
So I still wasn't having my period, but I decided to go back. And um, sure enough, right after the sonogram was taken, the doctor who had been too booked to see me that day literally rushed in the room holding my current and then my old sonogram from the one in high school. And he was in total disbelief. I completely reversed all the cysts on my ovaries except for two or three. And he wanted to know, you know, what I had done, what medicine I had been taking. And I basically explained to him that I had gotten off birth control, ditched, you know, pesticides, cleaners, bad body care products, refined sugars and bad oils. And that was it. <laughs> he, yeah. he asked me to come speak to PCOS support groups. Interestingly enough, I actually just had lunch a couple of weeks ago with his nurse practitioner because they're going to implement some of my lifestyle tips with their PCOS clinic. Yeah. So my period returned not long after that. And then not long after that, when my cycle normalized, we conceived in a matter of a couple of weeks, my one-year-old daughter. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> well, it's just it's awesome. It, it's, it's incredible too, because we really trust our doctors and it's, it's always yeah. blown my mind. I mean, I just went off birth control recently. And every time I told my op, um, OBGYN, I was like, I... Or my guy, no, I want to go off birth control. He's like, no, like why? Just stay on it. Like, what's the what's the working for you? So to Mm -hmm. have the wherewithal and thank God for your aunt to you know what I mean to kind of see the link between the simplest things in your life that could be affecting your hormones, like down to your very cells, just takes a lot of will, and it's incredible that you've made this mess quite literally your mission and your brand. How do you? How is uh, Branch Basics spreading awareness other than the products themselves? Right. You know, we always said we never set out to sell soap and we truly, truly mean it. I mean, in fact, we've gone through some, you know, business blunders in the past couple of years. And on top of that, have had two babies in the midst of that, Kelly and myself. And, you know, we would not have been able to pull through and come back had it not had we just been out to sell soap. You know, mm-hmm. it was it, we always used our product as a vehicle to educate people on this power of pure and help people understand just how powerful it is to live in, in an environment and to choose healthy foods and how our bodies truly have this amazing propensity to heal. And you know, we like to use this analogy about a scab. It's a little bit grotesque, but I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, you know, you cut yourself, you have a scab. Yeah, you like it. Um, you have a scab and you pick at it a little bit every day. It's just not going to go away. It's just going to be there. And if you leave it alone, our bodies, it's just going to heal. We don't even have to think about it. You know, we look down and it's gone and the skin's back to normal. Well, taking it to scab is the equivalent to us of having these low-level chemical soups toxins in our home every day. You know, we're asking our body to detoxify them every day and every night when we should be resting and restoring and rejuvenating from all the, you know, onslaught of chemicals during the day that we can't control. It's like our bodies can't go over the hump, you know? Mm -hmm. But if we just give it this environment that's clean and we create this safe haven and it's just not that hard. You know, there's products out there that are clean and they work. And if we do that, over time we notice Hmm, I feel a lot better. I have a lot more energy. You know, my thyroid isn't acting up. My numbers look better. My kid's eczema is gone. I mean, it's amazing how people come to us and they are asking, you know, they're seeking us and our product and our knowledge and information for something that's going on with them or their child. And then they realize that the whole family, you know, is feeling better and hasn't been sick in a couple of seasons. 
So kind of long story short to that question, but yeah, that's really our mission. I'm so curious as to how you started creating this um, solution. So there's a concentrate that you mix with water in various different proportions for different uses in your home. So how did that start and how how hard or easy was it to have it be clean but effective? So the formula that you are using in your home right now was definitely not easy to come by. Uh, It took us over 18 months and over 100 iterations. Um, We worked with different formulators, manufacturers, chemists who didn't say this outright, but it was a little bit of like, hmm, yeah, you're looking for a unicorn. You know, what what, y'all standards, like I just don't think that something out there exists like that. And so we would just go back to the drawing board because really the number one thing that we care about is purity and just how clean the ingredients are. And then, of course, efficacy. I mean, you could have the cleanest formula in the world, like take a pure soap, for instance, and it's just not going to get stains out or cut grease. And we weren't going to be able to sell it. Um, And we weren't going to be able to convince people to replace all of their toxic cleaners with something that didn't, you know, match up effective wise. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we worked and worked. And I'd be the first to admit that out of the three founders, I was the most skeptical. And I kind of tried to put my hands up a couple of times and say, look, girls like let's just <laughs> let's just be moms <laughs> we can't do this yeah. there's nothing else to meet our standards girl it's those moments but, uh, it's like uh, yeah, yeah. you're tested <laughs> tested but i'm the first to admit that yeah we all the three of us balance each other out beautifully but we i remember the day we did it i mean really it, we all live in separate cities and so <laughs> the poor manufacturer formulator had to send samples to each of us and you know we each got our boxes and we knew we had received them and you know we did the same old thing where we test out certain stains and we saw that it was shelf stable of course you know because it's so much more than just being pure and effective you have to make sure the you know the ingredients aren't going to separate when they're under extreme conditions and all these things and so it checked all of our boxes and we're just so proud and excited to introduce it to everybody back in August. It's amazing. And and it's um, fragrance-free too, which, you know, yes, I think will really throw, for us. Yeah, I think it like throws people off at first maybe, or at least mm-hmm. it did for me because I'm like, definitely oh, cleaning products should smell like a certain thing. No, like, you know right. I mean? so there's the like, bubbles, it wears the smell. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, it's not clean because it doesn't smell clean, but... Exactly. I obviously dropped that since um, because the product works. But yeah, that's something I never thought about too is obviously bleach, you smell it. But products that smell seemingly good, like your fresh grapefruit scent or something like that, I didn't really think that could, that could be also harmful um, to me as well. Could you explain or could you like tell our listeners maybe some like products that they are probably using in their home that they should be very weary of because of some symptoms they, it might be causing or some ailments, um, anything that you've experienced specifically. But um, you don't have to name obviously brands because I think mo- a lot of these cleaning brands are producing a bleach, a bathroom cleaner, uh, whatever. So what are some like alarm bells like that you really recommend them getting rid of right away? We are very, uh, we do not ever name brands because we always want to just promote what we promote and hope to kind of build and inspire other brands to meet that standard. Yes. But I will say that the cleaning industry, unfortunately, isn't required to list ingredients on their labels. So this move that the, you know, people 
are making toward transparency is awesome because it's, you know, essentially requiring companies to meet that of their own volition because the uh, government is not, you know, requiring that so far. So really, you know, it's up to us to be our own advocates. And uh, one of the first things we tell people is, you know, get the bad stuff out, you know, replace, sorry, remove, replace, restore is kind of the order in which we love to help people create safe havens of their homes. And so what to remove, right? Mm-hmm. We tell people if it has a warning, caution, or danger, anything of those three on the bottle, it's out. Um, because again, a lot of times you can't actually find the ingredient list. And if you if you do find the ingredient list, the single word fragrance encompasses one of 3,100 different chemicals. And most, or I should say, a lot of those contain phthalates, which I'm sure you have heard of. And they... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically disrupt our hormones, they lower sperm count and mobility, not to mention cause thyroid issues. And even green cleaning products, you know, can contain these phthalates and glycol ethers, which are known for their amazing grease cutting abilities, but they're also linked to fertility issues and possible damage to the unborn fetus. So, you know, removal of these products means immediate pressure is taken off the detoxification system, uh, which, as I mentioned before, is especially important at night when our bodies are naturally recovering and rejuvenating from just exposures that we can't control. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we're ingrained to think that we have to have a different product for every use. And the truth of the matter is our oven cleaner and our toilet cleaner aren't that different. And, mm-hmm. you know, the cleaning aisle is full of, of a ton of water with a couple drops of really toxic chemicals. And all of those bottles are sealed and have never been opened, but yet you walk down that aisle and it smells like the cleaning aisle. And so imagine that on a smaller scale in our homes, these bottles that maybe they aren't used, maybe they aren't open, but they're lurking in our cabinets in our laundry room and on you know parts per million, parts per trillion level, they are invading our air and they're lowering our body's ability to heal. So it's really about going back to basics and taking out the bad stuff because you just don't need it. You know, there's products out there, even pure soap and water. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you have to have Branch Basics, although I think it's the best. But Mm -hmm. there's just too many things out there that work well and that aren't uh, sacrificing our health. And there's just no need to have the bad stuff working. Absolutely. Now, for people who are a little bit skeptical about like the effectiveness of it, like what are some tests you've done in your lab that um, would surprise people the powerful the the effectiveness of this product even though it's all natural right no great question in fact I think people that's the main thing they're like wow did that really just get this blueberry stain or beet stain or mm-hmm. so I would say stain that's the you know way that branch basics shows off the most and I mean I have a one-year-old and we eat lots of things and we wear lots of white. <laughs> And, (laughs) you know, and I'm just like, sorry, but we're going to have our sauerkraut beets and we're going to have our oily sardines and our tomatoes. And we don't really do my mini squeegee squeegee pouches. And so we make lots of messes. And I I literally soak stuff, you know, a couple times a week. I grab all the things and I put it in a sink with one teaspoon of the concentrate and one scoop of our oxygen boost and, you know, pull it out a day later, maybe a couple days later and throw it in the wash and it's 
like brand new. And I've put some of these Instagram stories up just because people really can't believe it. And I mean, really, it's the testimonials we get. People can't believe that their husband's favorite blue jeans are, you know, back in the picture and that the, you know, blood spot or grease stain they got on their favorite rug is, you know, gone. My sister-in-law called me not very long ago and said, okay, my three-year-old got a Sharpie and drew a picture of my family on my white marble countertop. And, you know, just was dying. It was like a brand new island that just got installed in her kitchen. And she let British Basics sit on it and says it saved her marble, you know? And really? my mom is like, okay. Oh yeah, no, it's awesome. My mom says all the time, she's like, Branch Basics makes my diamonds bigger because she's oh. like, can't believe how well it cleans her jewelry. And I have a friend that's a jewelry maker in LA and just can't get over her house. Soaking all of her jewelry in Branch Basics makes everything, you know, the water so dirty when you take the jewelry out. Um, so I could go on and on. Just wow. stories of how it really does work. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I, actually, it's so funny because I haven't used um, the the laundry. What, what what did you call it? The oxy... What is it? Uh, oxygen boost. Oxygen mm-hmm. boost. Sorry. Oxygen powder. Uh, yeah. Went underneath my sink right now, so I couldn't peek. But I haven't used it yet, and I'm so excited to use it. I'm like a laundry nerd, so I'm so excited because I'm you know I'm like overusing, you know my. The pods, the this, the that. I'm like, because I'm wearing, I'm I'm sweating in my clothes most of the time because I'm in fitness. So um, I'm worried about like my pores being open and what's going into my skin, you know, just all the time. So I'm so excited to integrate this. You know, I have to add this because you're the Soul Cycle Diva, right? Yeah, I am. Or do you do Soul Cycle? <laughs> okay, do. so there is a. Um, I love it. I love it so much. There is a studio in Austin called Core One Eighty, and. Uh-huh. Um, the owner and I become good friends and she has a couple locations and is expanding and doing really well. But she uses Branch Basics and Oxygen Boost in her laundry. And she says she used to use bleach. It was the only thing that made their towels after their cycling class, which are just soaked and nasty and gross. Bleach was the only thing that worked on, you know, getting them back to new until she found Branch Basics. And I mean, I have an email where she is basically telling me, and I was like, can I please quote you? She said that Branch Basics works better than the bleach at making her studio towels white and bright and, you know, not smelly. So I thought that was a cool That's That's really, really cool because... And also, you know, we're... I, I've been in places before, other fitness studios, where you smell the towel and it smells like a chemical. So, like, I'm not going to bury my face in it halfway through the workout. You know what I mean? So, I think it's really important that across the board, that like fitness studios, wellness brands are, you know, aligned in all areas of their business, especially when it comes to like cleaning their space and all of that. So, I think exactly you've uh, started a movement like. What does the space feel like for you in terms of... I don't want to talk competition because there's room for everyone, but it's more like... So you said there was an article out today. So the awareness is building. Like, What do you feel like in this clean cleaning space? Like, What is happening? What do you think next steps are for this movement? Our hope is that we can inspire other brands, that we can raise awareness within the consumer space that will require these other brands to meet the standards that we believe are needed in this industry. You know, it's sad that there's so much greenwashing and there's so much trust on the consumer's part of the government to protect us. And that if you find a product in your grocery store, you know, that it's going to be completely clean and 
the truth of the matter is it's not. And we see all these brands that look clean and green and healthy. And yet the fine print says that there's an EPA registered pesticide in it. I mean, pesticides are neurotoxins. And even at a very small level, they can turn on and turn off cancer genes. So our hope is that these articles, like the ones in My Body Green, and gosh, there was one in the Washington Post that came out a couple of days ago just talking about the pollution of our indoors being more so than the pollution of our outdoors. Um, and that is due to the products that we are buying with the power of the purse and bringing them inside of our homes and many times thinking that they're safe and healthy. So I think just as the awareness spreads and as companies are forced to put ingredients on their labels and hopefully the government will, you know, follow more of the European Union standards, which is essentially the precautionary principle where it's guilty until proven innocent versus innocent until proven guilty. I think that that's the direction we're going in. And it's really exciting because this chatter, you know, was really not being, you know, spoken or heard of five, 10 years ago. It was just so out there when when we started this company. It was like, you know, it was really just not talked about. And so my mother-in-law always said, see, see, you know, y'all are just ahead of the game. You're Good Morning America, Today Show. They're talking about this stuff now. Like, so we're moving in the right direction. I think education is the key because once people know the why, I think they would literally throw everything out the window that they have in their under their kitchen sink. Like once you know that there could be pesticides in your cleaning products that could turn on cancer genes, that is enough for me to throw it out. So I just think it's exactly education. Um I mean I think back to when I was growing up, I'm I and my mom did have cancer and she's fine now, but it's like, you know, there was no talk about this. There was no talk about okay, let's Let's clean up everything, you know, like nutrition, cleaning, all of that. Like it should be like this holistic approach anytime you have an ailment, a disease, an illness, whatever it is. So I'm just, I'm blown away by like the movement that you are a part of and feels like you're at the head of. So I'm so excited to see you guys grow. Last, last little thing for me, because I'm just curious, like how is it? working with your best friend and um, your aunt? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> Thank you for asking that. Um, it, it's almost hard to believe what, I, what I'm about to say, but we work so well together and we balance each other out so much. And Kelly and I always just are almost amazed that our friendship has grown stronger with mm-hmm. how we have, you know, started a company together and it hasn't been easy. I mean, we've gone through a lot of crap with the company and we've, you know, hired wrong and we've worked with, you know, people that we probably shouldn't have worked with and we've made really expensive mistakes and some of them are on me, some of them are on her and mm-hmm. Marilee, you know, and so um Marilee is my true aunt, not just an endearing term. <laughs> and Kelly is my true best friend, not just an endearing term. And the three of us, I mean, they they are the godmothers of my daughter, you know? Um, so we're just family and it's awesome. And I really feel so blessed to work beside them because, you know, it's hard for life and work to not clash, especially when you're a new mom and to be able to kind of share in those hard days and rejoice in the good ones is really great. And, you know, I've seen and and some of my good friends and even my husband has worked with people who are really difficult. I think, gosh, I've never had to do that. It's awesome. 
I hear you. You don't have to convince me. Krista and I feel the same way about each other. Like it's just yeah, exactly. There's something. There's something about just having this understanding and also aligned so well in in the work ethic and the passion for what you're doing and the compassion for each other and understanding that like what you're good at might not be what your best friend is good at and. Exactly. And might be better at one thing that you so it's just it's so it's so fun, I think, to figure out that dynamic in order to propel the brand forward. So I'm I I love y'all that. Y'all are so cute. When I was reading about you guys, you know, a while back and you know, I've listened to y'all just interact and stuff, it just it does remind me of Kelly and myself and even Merrily. I mean, it's just you just work it just works. You know, it you can just, just tell that it works. And there's like such a bigger, at least from an outsider's perspective, looking in, like just your whole story, um, what you've been through, which is incredible how you've healed yourself. I just think I can't help but think that there was just like this greater purpose all along. So I'm so like, it's really inspiring to see that you've seen that, found that, and are doing it, you know? Exactly. You're so sweet. Well, thank you. Yes. And, um, you know, it's it's things like this that allow our story to be told, and that is the ultimate goal. So I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share it. Oh, we're we're so grateful as well. And people in our group are already buzzing. We were posting in our secret Facebook group about Branch Basics, and they were already buzzing. They said, "Oh my god, Aww. I've been I've been meaning to try this. I've been meaning to do this." And you just <laughs> reminded me. So um, it's a great reminder for people to kind of do a little spring cleaning and get everything. In their home clean so they can, you know. Yay, exactly. It's the perfect time. And you know, it's spring cleaning is not just this marketing term. Our bodies actually have a really powerful ability to detox during the mm. spring more so than any other season. So it really it's a true thing. And so having a home that allows that process to naturally happen is really powerful. I love that. Well, thanks, Allison. You're the best. And we're so You're excited. You're so welcome. You just blow up and we are happy to support you in any way possible. You're awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And we'll be in touch. Awesome, Allison. Thanks so much. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. You too. All right. So cutie. Cutie. And, you know, there's honestly no harm in like doing a little experiment in like incorporating these types of products, like clean products throughout your home, you know? Um, I actually, literally not a plug that's paid, but I use some of their um, detergent boost for a rug that I have. You've probably seen, there's this rug that I have in our kitchen. I thought it was supposed to be brown. I washed it with the detergent boost and it's actually like a cream rug. It was so dirty. It was brown. Cute. It's real cute. I was like, why do the cleaners always like hang it up and never touch it? They literally wouldn't touch it. And I wash it. I'm like, oh, this They're is like, oh, it's an rug. animal. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, oh, it's, it's a totally different rug. Wow. Yeah. Anyways. And Allison is just, like, you know, it, it's also just a, an example of, you know, if you're not feeling good, you can be empowered in the way that you handle your health. You don't have to just rely on medication. So, you know, if nothing else, that's something that I definitely took away from the conversation. Okay. So in that same vein um, of clean brands and products and things you can incorporate into your life, we uh, have a wonderful conversation with Annie Jackson. 
Mm-hmm. Annie Jackson is one of the co-founders of Credo Beauty, which is basically the green Sephora. So it started as an e-commerce shop and it's grown into two brick and mortar locations. Um, and now just really is a driving force behind the clean beauty movement um, and providing clean beauty that is sexy, that works, um, that's effective. So we are such supporters of any brand that is going to bring natural, holistic clean products. So we had such a great conversation with Annie to talk about Credo Beauty, to talk about her early life, her early career, starting this company, what clean beauty means, what kind of things you should be adding to your arsenal if you're looking to move towards uh, a more clean beauty routine. Yeah. And if you're in LA, visit Credo Mm -hmm. Beauty. It's it's beautiful. We both had facials uh, recently and it was just amazing. And you can go online uh, to their website as well and order. Um, Okay, guys, enjoy this interview. We love you. Let us know what you think. Join our secret Facebook group. So we're so happy you're here. Kristen and I, we're here with Annie Jackson, co-founder of Credo Beauty. We recently went to the store in West Hollywood. One, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Two, I had the best facial of my life. And I'm not just saying that because you're in the room. (laughs) I I fell asleep at one point because it was so relaxing. The vibe is everything in that store. But you've really created and curated an experience that I've never... I've never seen or been a part of before. So thank you for that. I think it's easy in LA to get a little obsessed with, you know, Instagrammable moments and all of that and the shiny stuff. And this is really, your products are the real deal. Thank you. Thank you. It's so funny. As we drove around LA today, we were just talking about that, you know, stores that are maybe so cool, you feel a little bit excluded. And Mm -hmm. for Credo, it's really about community and welcoming everybody. Mm -hmm. And we're really, you know, for like the every girl, you know, if you want to come in and really get great skincare advice, have a great facial and fall asleep, or really (laughs) just buy lip gloss, you know, we want everyone to feel very welcome. So thank you. I think that's, I love that. And I do feel, that's so funny because I do feel like that a lot of times in LA. I live um, close to Abbott Canyon, I don't go into any of the stores because most of the stores are like, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel like I fit in, but that's what I felt like at Credo too was, and the girls there are so knowledgeable. So like the staff knows so much. I was just, there are moments in time when I'm kind of, you wouldn't believe it, but I'm silent. And I'm just kind of like <laughs> taking it all in. Cause like a door, I felt like a door opened for me when I went to Credo where I'm, you know, trying to be as good as I can about the food that I'm eating, the, what I'm putting in my body and what I'm absorbing from like a media perspective. You know, I try and be as conscious as I can, but the beauty realm, I haven't really explored yet. So once I was in the store, I was like, oh, I didn't even think that this is another area in my life that I really need to be conscious about where I'm spending my dollars and like what messages and brands I'm getting behind and and why. So that's what I was like so excited to discover Credo. And I'm so excited Mm. to kind of share that with our audience and with our listeners today because they're such awakened people and they're so spiritually aware. Um, They're hungry for knowledge and they're just so excited about hearing anything that we share with people. So we're pumped to have you on today and kind of first talk about your journey, um, but then more so move into what Credo is, what it stands for, some of the brands you guys represent, what is clean beauty, you know, what it does it mean to be chemical free and how they can kind of navigate or move towards that lifestyle. Great. 
Oh, we love talking about that. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> well, here we go. Hold your horses, buckle yeah. up. Um, <laughs> um, so could you take us back? So what, how was Credo born? How did you grow up? Were you, you know, did you grow up like this? Was it completely different? And you had kind of an aha awakening moment that you knew things needed to change? Well, I definitely grew up in beauty. Mm. I was on my way to, uh, I was 19 years old, on my way to uh, an interview with a porta potty company. Mm. And glam, exciting. glam time. It's really exciting. <laughs> I borrowed a pair of uh, kitten heels from my mom yes. and a little pencil <laughs> skirt, and I was on my way. And um, right as I was leaving the house, because we didn't have email or texting then, yeah. I uh, got a call from Estee Lauder and they needed an admin. And I was like, porta potty company, Estee Lauder. <laughs> I don't know, it's a toss up. So I, I just ditched out, went straight to Estee Lauder, got the job. And, you know, my world consisted of running around and buying hot rollers for whatever executive was in town, buying lunch, uh, you know, doing reports, but also interacting very closely with the Lauder family because it was a very family-oriented business at the time and kind of grew up there mm. and ended up being in New York, working in marketing for the Lauder brand um, some six or seven years later and desperately missed San Francisco. That's where I was from and got a call from a headhunter that was talking about this concept called Sephora and they were trying to explain it to me and I was like, I don't really care. It's beauty. It's in my wheelhouse mm -hmm. and it's home. I'm there. Yeah. And so I started at Sephora when, you know, we were a very, very small team and we um, had so much fun. It was criminal and got to do pretty much everything. I mean, you name it, real estate, merchandising, inventory planning, meeting with brands, the whole nine yards. And um, my boss, um, who turned out to be my work husband, if you will, oh. he, um, he and I were together from 97, pretty much onward in different capacities, Shashi, who mm -hmm. founded Credo. And, you know, he, he carried on to be my mentor and my friend. You know, we, we kind of went through the Sephora journey together, went on to do a couple of different uh, things within beauty still. And then um, I took a year off to be with my kids and my husband and just kind of stop talking about lip gloss and components and packaging mm -hmm. and just take kind of a breather. And Shashi called me with the idea for Credo. Of course, it had no name at that point. And, you know, I was, half, I was happy. I was living in Santa Cruz and we were surfing and hanging out in the water and drinking beer in a hot tub at two on a Tuesday and having a great <laughs> old time. And I said, you know, why don't we just like kind of consult and see if we could, you know, fill up a store with brands. Let's just start there with this concept that you have. And then like most women, I started reading about the space and becoming slightly nauseous because I had mm. dedicated my entire career to conventional beauty and really starting to understand that while our focus had always been, will it sell? Is it the right shade? Does it work in this package? Never once did we stop and have conversations about what are in all these products and what are these ingredients and are they safe for human beings? So, you know, it was it was a little bit polarizing. And mm. so I, you know, immediately said, you know, this is too exciting and it's too cool and I want to be a part of it and let's just do this. And so we did. did that's kind of how Creative started. When you started doing your initial, re initial research, first of all, where did you 
Where did you look for information? Well, we got a ton of great information from blogs in the UK and Australia were huge for us. Mm. And it's so funny because today people from the UK and Australia always tell us that they think we're so ahead of the times. And for us, we think it's quite the opposite, but you know, we got a ton of great information from that. And then as we started to sign on brands, uh, we got a lot of great brands from our brands that we already had signed on. So that worked out really well for us too. You know, brands would introduce us to other brands and what was so cool and refreshing about this community is they're friends with each other and they really are trying to help each mm. other out. Whereas in our past, it was very competitive and, you know, you couldn't have two brands in the waiting room at Sephora at the same time kind of thing. This was a totally different ballgame. This was one skincare brand introducing us to another. We had one person that had a nail polish brand that used to host all the brands at our house, like book club, wow. and try to help them out with resources and information. So it was a totally different ballgame. And... These people have joined in this with us with totally open minds and very um, inspired to just figure it out together. Like, we don't have it. We don't know what the future holds for all of us, but they're willing to give it a shot. Would you have to, you know, if you saw potential in a brand, like the product was there, but maybe the branding wasn't quite what you had imagined putting in your stores, would you work with them or how would that process work? We did at the beginning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be totally honest. We did at the beginning because we were so inspired by their mm. stories. Now it's getting a lot harder because the the brand submissions, we must get 60 a week. Wow. And it's wow. become overwhelming. And the tough part about it is, is that most of the brands are very, of the 60, let's say 30 are really, really beautiful and very well positioned and awesome ingredient stories and cool founders. But we have four walls and, mm. you know, a, a finite number of, of space. And, you know, we don't aim to be just as many, like, let's just load a shit ton of brands in there and see what happens. We really want to offer the best for our customers and make it really easy to navigate and not have a ton of overlap. So it does get tricky, but, you know, there's not a lot of room. And it's sad to say for people that are kind of testing the waters and trying it out you really got to kind of bring your A-game. It's yeah. such a saturated market yeah, that I can you really have to have it buttoned up and ready. Only imagine. I was thinking too, so when you were talking about um, the difference in this space where people, you know, before they couldn't have two brands in, you know, an office and people are willing to help and kind of like that. It's interesting because the brands, you know, one of their ultimate end goals is probably to provide a better product that's more healthy for its consumers, to like make their consumers' lives better and make the environment, the planet better. So their end game is holistically better. Therefore, they probably are willing to play nicely with other brands because they have that same end goal. Yeah. You know, but if your bottom line is, is your end goal, then you're probably going to be a little bit more competitive and not willing to like mm. talk to others. Yeah, they truly believe most of them, not all of them. Yeah, yeah. Most of them believe that we're all in this together and there's a piece of the pie for everybody. And, you know, the more of us that are part of this, you know, safe ingredient movement, the better. So, you know, there's good intentions all around. You know, I think a healthy little bit of competition never hurt anybody. So there's definitely that exists, but not like what we've seen in our past lives. I mean, it's definitely like... You know, they try to help each other mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. What has been the most difficult part of convincing the consumer that this is the way to go, that, you know, this investment towards 
things that are vegan and all natural and organic is the way to go. I think people, I mean, when you're loyal to a product, I, I've seen it. I, I haven't gotten there yet in terms of, I, I kind of like to experiment a little bit, see what works for me. I'm Hopefully one day we'll get there. But like my mom, she has products she's been using for years and years and years and years. And she'll like order it like eight months in advance. So when she runs out, it's at the door, you know. So how do you navigate that and like kind of getting into their heads and their hearts? Skincare is, they're two totally different games. And skincare is definitely much harder because you mm. have women that are very invested in the skincare that they're using today and will kind of dip their toe in kind of maybe testing a product and trying a product. And that's why if you're a skincare brand founder, it's an incredibly frustrating journey because it's not an overnight thing. I mean, you really have to work so hard to build that brand and to get that customer to ditch whatever they're using today and try your brand. And in clean beauty specifically, it's the misconception out there is that because it's plants and because it's, you know, mostly natural ingredients in there, that they don't work. And that's not the case anymore today. I mean, that's total BS. And now the the whole playing field has changed. And there are some ridiculously effective products out there with really beautiful formulas and very powerful ingredients. So I think what's so fun is people are starting to wake up to that. And to start to see results really quickly, uh, the our stores have licensed estheticians and or makeup artists. So they really know skin. They know skin physiology. They're ready to, you know, really have a one-on-one, very in-depth consultation with people. So we kind of chip away at that misconception every day. But that's our biggest challenge. You know, color cosmetics are much easier because we can all have five lip glosses in our bags and you know, however many different eyeshadows and it still makes us happy. And, you know, we buy them without even thinking twice about it. Skincare is much, mm-hmm. much tougher game. And I want to just um, go back a little bit to your journey. So I think, you know, moving from being an admin, you know, receptionist at Estee Lauder to being in a place where you're running shit at Sephora. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think was different about you? Like, what do you think made you so successful? Whereas some people in your situation would have stayed in admin or, you know, maybe wouldn't have been as successful as you are now. It's funny because I think ambition is a very, um, some people come out of the shoot really ambitious. And I think I always kind of surprised myself that I wanted more every time I kind of threw my hat in the ring because I didn't, I don't feel like an ambitious like ladder climber. So I think what I had to get much better at was just trusting myself and, you know, knowing that I had invested a ton of time in something. Clearly, you know, I did not choose to be running shit at Credo. We lost Shashi Mm. and that was super tough. But, you know, I'm here now and I'm totally, totally invested in, in doing this. And I think it gives me more strength than self-confidence mm. in a weird way. It's it's also cosmetics. So it's, you know, a lot of women and um, in a really strange way, women really tear each other down more than women trying to work with men. And I think you get a super tough skin very early on and you have to kind of learn to fight for yourself. And I think the the best advice I ever got was, just speak when you truly have something to say. Like, don't try to, you know, be that person that's just trying to talk and make noise because ultimately over time, 
you will gain so much more if you're if you're just true to yourself. And it's hard because it does take time. And if you're not out there being political and trying to get to the next step and that's your only goal is, I want to be a VP, it, it doesn't serve you well at all. What was it like regrouping after losing your co-founder? How did you? I, you know, I don't know that we've regrouped yet. Yeah. I think um, we're still trying to kind of find our way. You know, we're getting there. I think we are very, very busy, which is mm-hmm. which is great in times like this. You know, we have stores to open, we have people to hire, and you know the the groundswell is incredible. So we stay very focused. And thank goodness we're all exhausted at night, and you know, fall asleep and start over the next day and do it all again. So, and we're totally laser focused on what we want to do. So that kind of keeps us going. But um, regrouping, I don't know that we're there. And what is it that you want to do when you think about that? When you're like, what you're laser focused on your goal, what is that goal? Well, for us, you know, people ask me all the time, how's the website and how are the stores and what's your plan? And for us, it's about truly, you know, bringing these brands to communities that, they are not in today. And so many of these people have built these brands with such good intentions and they are trying so hard to stay true to who they are. And by doing so, they want to align with Mm -hmm. retailers that let them really position themselves for what they've created. And, you know, if you go into other retailers where maybe there's, you know, 300 conventional beauty brands and they're not all that psyched about your natural ingredient story, they don't really want you to kind of shout that from the rooftops because it does make women stop and think, well, what's everything else in here? And so, you know, I think they're trying to be patient because they want distribution that allows them to really align with who they are. And so that's really what we're trying to do. And, you know, it's frustrating at times because I feel like we can't move fast enough for them. And we want we want them to be successful. We want them to have more stores and more points of distribution so they're getting into the hands of women that are looking for them. But, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a slow process and finding the right place is not always easy. So, you know, that's the part that's a little bit tricky, but that's the goal. The goal is to really open in communities and be a part of a community that's a complement to that community and bring these products to women that, you know, can't find them anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I love that. And what is, pulling it, you know, helicopter view, what is clean beauty and why is it important? You know, I feel like the term is kind of popular right now, kind of like I see, you know, organic. People are like, we need to buy organic, but I don't think a lot of times people exactly know why or the importance of. Um, So I'd really love to like get into it and kind of really talk about why clean beauty is important and sort of what is in natural beauty or not natural, what is in beauty products now and why we should be using clean beauty. So it's been an interesting journey for us too. You know, we're learning also. We don't we don't have all the answers, but what we have done is define clean beauty in a really simple way, which is we're totally cool with synthetic ingredients. We really would prefer you have majority plant ingredients because we can identify those and we can tell you what they are and what they do for you. But where we're not cool is if the ingredients are bad for you. So it's super simple. Like we are not zealots. We're not out here to be like, you know, part of some hippie movement. We're here to bring safe products to women um, and have them kind of shift the way they think about what they're putting all over their body. You know, we were just talking this morning about 
so funny. Women will invest in a $200 face cream that's good for them, but then say, oh, for my body, I'm just going to go to the grocery store and buy whatever. And that's like the whole of your body, Mm -hmm. putting that all over your skin. And so Mm -hmm. we're still not there in terms of the perception of clean beauty products and you know, women will still say, you know, if you if you get to be, you know, a little bit older and you're starting to see signs of aging, they start to shift and say, okay, no, what's actually most important is is tackling the things that worry me about my skin and then ingredients. So that's our job, again, is to kind of bring those effective ingredients to women. But clean beauty products are for credo because there's no le- legal definition, right, of clean. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. There's no legal definition of natural, green, mm. any of these products by the FDA. It would certainly help a lot of us if there were because then we could have a little bit of structure that we create around it. So it's a little bit like the Wild West. You know, women are confused and they don't understand what it is. So we try to just keep it simple. It's, you know, we've identified the ingredients we think are bad and we don't want any in any part of our beauty products, beauty regimen. And then we, um, you know, make sure that they're an interesting formulation, they're effective, and that they work. What are some of the ingredients that are bad well, or normal stuff? We have um, our dirty ingredient list posted online, okay. but, you know, the, the the bad ones you hear about most in the industry are obviously parabens, phthalates, formaldehyde producers, any petroleum-based products chemical sunscreens and certain ingredient percentages. We don't have any products um, that include any animal byproducts with the exception of lanolin and beeswax because we truly believe cruelty-free is the only way to be. There's no exception. So it's kind of a very holistic view on ingredients and and how products are formulated. But uh, we've identified, I think there's about 35 ingredients on our dirty ingredient list. Petroleum, that's petroleum jelly, right? Well, yeah, so Vaseline. Is is petroleum the same as gas? Well, it's derived from that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I think what is also a big misconception of natural products is, you know, if if you're taking minerals from the ground, they can also have trace ingredients of petroleum, lead, cadmium. So, you know, you think you're getting something from the earth, oh, it must be good for you. But no, we've seeped so many chemicals into the earth you have to consider that as well. So if you're talking about natural color cosmetics that have all natural pigments, you have to kind of consider where those have come from, who the supplier is, and how clean that those ingredients are. And I think what's confusing to people is we talk about formaldehyde, but you won't actually see the word formaldehyde on an ingredient listing. It's ingredients that come into combination with one another that could produce formaldehyde. One that as we learn how how products are formulated and the way women are thinking about things, we try to kind of share those learnings with our customers the same way that we've come to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because it is confusing. You can't just say this product is good and this product is bad because it's really the percentages of the ingredients that are used, where they sourced it from, you know, and we're finding great formulations now today that may still use kind of the buzzword of a bad ingredient, but whatever supplier that they're using that from has stripped out all the bad, but they've created it synthetically to still act the same way as, you know, some of the toxic alternatives. So it does get a little bit confusing. Now, in terms of 
cruelty-free. I don't know exactly like the practices that are happening. I feel like in order for people to, our listeners and beyond, to invest in this type of beauty and skincare, I always like to know, okay, so why is it maybe costing them more to make this product? You know, you can get a aquaphor at a, you know, drugstore for a few bucks, but why would it be worth it to me to spend you know, $10 on a really good, you know, lip care product. Like what is, where is that money going and why are these products a little bit more expensive, but so much better for you in that way? Well, so many times, most of the time, these brands are really small still. So they don't have Mm. much economy of scale and they're sourcing ingredients from places that are usually very small suppliers and they're sourcing the best of the best. And usually the formulation or the extraction process of that ingredient is, you know, some of the highest quality and most highly regarded suppliers. So it's expensive for them, but then they're not getting, you know, these huge purchase orders from retailers in order to bring down their their costs. So the space is still fairly expensive. The way that, you know, we look at it is we're, we're hoping that we can get to a place where we open more stores, obviously, and we allow them, you know, more economy of scale. But also, if you really think about it from a practical sense, women are investing in their health. Mm-hmm. And usually that is passed along because so many of these brands are sourcing ingredients from third world countries that are using women cooperatives where they've now employed 35 women because they're the ones picking the argan nuts and extracting them. And the, some of these guys are so conscientious and so worried about their workers that, you know, they're having them weave bracelets in the off time that whatever ingredient they're sourcing isn't readily available. So they have a continuum of money available to them. So, you know, it's, we're still in such the early stages of this space that, yes, some of the products are still pretty expensive to purchase. But I think when you know like even you just telling me that story. And I remember going into the facial and um, I for, forgive me, I forget the name of the products that she was using, but her- Just a ton of her. Yeah. And she and her family pictures were on the wall and it was beautiful. I just, I think that alone just brings me in and makes me want to invest. Like knowing that there's a story behind this product and that, you know, everything was thought about, you know, nothing was overlooked and no corners were cut. So I think, you know, I pray that people are going to really follow that story and see themselves and their process and their hardships in creating this brand and in their own brand. So, yeah, it's, you know, it does feel really good because like I was saying earlier, we've all gone into this very collaboratively and very um, open-minded and, you know, they took a chance on us too. You know, mm. they didn't they didn't know what we would do or what our stores would be like or what we would be like to work with either. And we recognize that. But we've got a great little partnership going now and we have all learned a lot on this journey. It's funny because when Shashi and I started Credo, we um, it took us back to 1997 in a way when when we both started at Sephora because back then the whole idea with Sephora was that it was more about open cell, you know, bringing bringing these brands out from the glass of department stores and letting women actually touch them and see them and pick them up. And a lot of the big brands, Estee Lauder, Clinique, Lancome, 
said, screw you guys. Who are you? We don't even know who you are. And how would you expect us to leave our relationships with our big vendors and our retailers and, you know, forget it. And so we had to scramble, you know, and I'm like updating my resume at night at the same time because yeah. I was like, well, this is going nowhere. Wow. But what we ended up doing was finding all these little baby brands like Urban Decay and Hard Candy at the time and Peter Thomas Roth and all these great brands that no one had ever heard of to fill the store so we could have jobs and open these stores. And the pent-up demand was ridiculous. I mean, it was really, in a way, the best thing that could have ever happened to us because women were were clamoring for this stuff and they were they were seeking something new mm. and something they hadn't seen before. When did Clinique crawl to the door? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish I was there when it had happened. Yeah. <laughs> I you were so we thought Just about it. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, Shashi was still there, I believe. And uh, when I heard the news, I um, was, damn it, I wish I was still there. Yeah. <laughs> How long did that take? Like, for from the point where you're, like, getting denied by brands to the point where Sephora, you're like, wow, this is, like— A long time. I mean, I thing. wasn't still there. So yep. I was there from 97 to 2002 you know, really, I kind of missed the great moment we had all worked so hard for mm. to see brands coming like hat in hand, like, can I come into the store now? You know, in a way, we're waiting for a few brands to do that at Credo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really, really fun when that happens. Uh, of course, we always say yes, but, you know, if it's someone that we want, but it, it's always fun to be, you know, denied and kind of told, no, who are you? Forget you. And then to have them come back is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. What kept you going? You know, like what was like your inspiration to keep going and just believe in it? With Credo? With Credo and Sephora. Oh, Sephora. Oh my gosh, was so fun. I mean, I was so young and, you know, it was a dream job. I mean, we were, you know, like I said, just working crazy hours, but we were traveling the world. At the same time, we, um, for some unknown reason, we opened seven stores in Japan in the middle of opening all these stores in the U.S. And you know, that was a crazy time too. And here we are, this 26, 27-year-old kids running around Japan trying to open all these stores. You know, that was that was so easy to keep going. I think, you know, where work gets tough is, you know, when you have little kids at home and you're mm. trying to kind of balance all of that. But with Credo, I mean, it's truly like I jump out of bed every day. I mean, it doesn't, it never gets old. Truly never gets old. Talk to us about that balance, like with your kids, you know, with your relationships and having to run a business like this and run uh, a work family as well, you know, a team. Yeah. I think I've, I've had really, I've been lucky with bosses that have been very accommodating when my kids were little. Now they're teenagers. Work never stops. I always tell my coworkers, mm-hmm. I'm going to send you emails all weekend long. You don't have to answer them. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you've got a laptop these days, your office is is kind of following you around and on you. So I can't say I ever really stop working. Mm. But the my kids, my husband, they're all excited about Credo and they really want it to succeed. So they're so used to this. They don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't give me a hard time. They're super supportive and, um, you know, they're, they've always helped me out and I could not do it without them. I think that too, like <laughs> nowhere near your level, but running, you know, this business and I work um, full time and then I also have a blog. And I think too, it's like, I'll answer emails on weekends because it doesn't feel like, I don't know if you, if there's a resistance there where you hate it, it's, 
it's going to bother and you're not going to want to do it. But for me to get up and answer four emails and, you know, ping pong, whatever it is back in the other person's court to like move things along, it's super quick. It's super easy. So I feel like people have have a resistance or they believe you're not balanced if you are working weekends or working nights. But sometimes for me, it feels more balanced when I'm doing that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, Hmm. you know, every person's different. And, you know, I've always told my kids, don't just leave college and go straight to work because you're worried about how how you're going to pay the bills. You'll always figure it out. But don't find yourself, you know, settling in some job in some gray cubicle because you just kind of got caught up in it and then you just kind of kept going, you know, because if you don't have that passion in your heart, you're not going to jump out of bed and get to those emails and keep things moving and think about new ideas and, you know, continue to have motivation to do that stuff. You're going to get the Sunday night dread. You know, everybody Mm -hmm. has had a job where your stomach starts sinking at four o'clock on Sunday and you're like, oh shit, I got to go do that again tomorrow. And that doesn't feel good. And, you know, we've all done it. And, you know, it's it's so nice when you find something that truly, you know, feeds your heart. And we work with a bunch of people that they're fueled by what they've created from their heart. So it's very infectious. You know, we've got this, this cool vibe where we've got 105 brand founders that we work with that are, you know, just trying to create cool products that are safe and good for people. And it's really freaking hard. It's so hard. You know, it's a big marketplace out there. You go into Sephora or an Ulta, it's like Las Vegas in there. And so you're competing against, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of brands. And for them to have the courage to do this and like put their money out there and go for it is pretty commendable. If we don't do our job right, we're letting all of those guys down. And mm. that's that's what keeps us really motivated. Community, Yeah. Yeah. What when you started incorporating clean beauty into your um, everyday routine? What were some things that really like changed for you completely? You saw results. You felt differently. It's funny because I'm sure you've heard this story before. If you talk about clean beauty a lot, everyone in their stinky armpits <laughs> <laughs> never can find a deodorant that works. But uh, you know, we've all we all have our stories and we all have our products that we can't give up. Like mm-hmm. I don't claim to be, you know, like, you know, completely in the lane. We if you say you're using all clean beauty, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it feels really nice when you see a brand talk about why they created their brand and about their products and that product resonates with you and you pick it up every day and you're like, it's so cool. I love that. And we mm-hmm. find that our customers do that too. You know, when they're shopping around the store, they talk to our staff about who are these brand founders and why do they do this and where are they from and what's their story? So we have a bunch of their videos on our site just because we think people connect with that them and their stories in that way. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a way, it's like if you align with their story and what they're all about, you're going to buy their products because it's meaningful to you. And that's a shift. You know, really, if you think about when our moms were shopping for beauty products, it's a nameless, faceless brand. You know, it's just... It, it worked for them and they stayed with it. And in in any kind of conscientious consumer nowadays, that's what they want to know. It's not enough just to have a product. So we have tons of brands that come to us all the time that, you know, you know, have created this brand because a bunch of people got together and decided it was a, a good thing to create with no founder behind it. And we're like, mm, not interested because we need that founder. We need them for events. We need to pick their brain. We need to work with them and talk to them. 
And that's, that's it's an important piece of being successful. The story to yeah. people. People yeah. resonate with someone like that in the story. And you mentioned, you know, the brand that has women that they employ, and then they also have them making bracelets in off-season from harvesting Aragon oil or something like that. What are some amazing brands that have amazing stories that our listeners can check out? Oh my gosh. Well, the one that I'm referring to mm-hmm. um, that you just mentioned is called A Body. And this mm-hmm. brand is run by a founder that is one of the most inspirational women I've ever met. Her name's Anju Rupal. And she is um, someone that while she pre-kids had uh, opened hostels for abused women and uh, had just had her first daughter and was attacked by one of these exes of one of these women's in a court case. And um you know, clearly scared the shit out of her and decided that she needed to um, do something that was safer. And so stayed home to be with her um, young daughter at the time. And because, you know, she's one of these, you know, completely over the top, crazy, successful entrepreneurs, she started an NGO called We Forest. And I think in something crazy, some crazy statistic, like in seven years, had 50 million trees planted in three different countries. Wow. And then uh, started something, another NGO called Educate Girls, and uh, did kind of the opposite of what a, a lot of our brands do, where she created the NGO and then created the brand to fund the NGO. So in this brand, while mm. it's the most beautiful formulas you've ever seen, and the people that created them are, you know, people that are from Hermes and other brands that I can't say because she calls them her naughty elves doing pro bono work for her to formulate these beautiful products. They uh, support this NGO called Educate Girls. So every time someone buys one of her products in our store, it sends a girl to school for a week. And so that's, you know, how can you not be hugely inspired by a story like that? But we have so many of them. You know, we have... Tata Harper is another one, you know, from a different end of the spectrum. Her stepfather, I believe it was, was really sick with a disease. And, you know, they started kind of stripping everything away and rebuilding how he ate and the products he used. And that's what inspired her to create her brand. And Indy Lee is another one that's got a beautiful skincare brand that recovered from a brain tumor Mm. and, you know, started to create a skincare regimen and an eating habits and exercise in a way that, obviously gave her a super healthy outlet to a lifestyle, but, you know, so inspirational. Wow. What are, would you say, maybe three three main products, doesn't have to be brands necessarily, but that our listeners should be maybe thinking about swapping for clean beauty products that they're using every day, like kind of the, the typical gal um, or guy, but gal, that they might not think are have toxic chemicals in there or are sourced inhumanely or, or you know, using animal testing, all of that? Well, it's funny because, you know, uh, we've started to kind of shift the way that we talk about clean beauty and um, we've tried to get away from the bad and the mm. toxic and the chemicals and the cancer and all that stuff because really what these brands are doing are creating brands with really good for you ingredients and talking about what those are and why they're good for you. Mm. And that's what I think is super positive about the space is not us, you know, you know, trying to push be disparaging yeah. to these other brands that have, you know, kind of existed 
Shashi's favorite quote was, if Estee Lauder were to create a brand today, she would do it very differently. She didn't set out to intentionally, you know, maybe have questionable chemicals in her products. It was just how the world was operating. And, you know, I think we're trying to just make people aware of all the good or good ingredients that are in these products. But if you had to say that kind of, we call them the gateway, gateway products of women kind of entering clean beauty, deodorant's a big one. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have seen a lot of really cool brands have a lot of great success. Uh, Mascara is another one. Shampoo and lipstick are kind of the four that are the common thread. But nowadays, um, women are super savvy about reading ingredient labels and understanding what are in products today. And they've invested heavily in their, you know, soul cycle and eating organically and working really hard to keep their inside nice and healthy. And so it's kind of the last spoke in their in their regimen. And in um, just touching on, so the deodorant, most deodorants that you buy in the grocery stores have aluminum, correct? What is the effect of aluminum on? Well, it's a bacteria fighter. So oh. it's, um, you know, it. There's studies that, you know, it's a very controversial topic, but, you know, you can read any, read on any ingredient, you're going to get a 50-50 answer mm-hmm. on everything. But uh, it's, it's controversial, controversial and linked to breast cancer and uh, shown in breast cancer tissue that aluminum is present. So, you know, the, the alternative to that is baking soda or arrowroot and some brands are creating really, really effective deodorant using natural plant ingredients. So now that you know that, why would you do anything differently? And that's mm. kind of like the whole premise is, is kind of taking everything into consideration and then making your choice. You know, people are grown-up people and can decide for themselves. If you, um, you know, are using a product, con- you know, kind of conversely without a preservative because it's 100% natural, you're also putting yourself at risk of something growing some crazy bacteria and then you're putting yourself at risk in a different way. So it's like, it's all about the balance and trying to kind of understand and, and you know, educate yourself and then just decide for yourself. I love the air deodorant. Oh, from Vapor? I'm obsessed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, one I'm, called Purely something. I put it on my Insta stories today. And it's, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a great but you got, too. But you guys carry Best. air. We do. Yeah, yes. it's my favorite. I'm obsessed yeah, with it. Yeah, the air one is good. I have that too so, in my car. So I love it. Well, and what what's, you know, so successful about that one, not only is it a kick-ass formula, but it is in a component women are used to. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. if you're, that's, that's the other kind of side of the coin is if you're using secret deodorant and it's in, you know, that that package that you're used to and you don't want to touch your own armpit, yeah. that's, you know, it's a great option for people. Sure. People are really afraid to touch their pit. <laughs> They're really afraid. It's their I own armpit. I wear deodorant a lot. Is that weird? No. I I, sometimes I like, because I kind of want to know what I smell like. 100%. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. if, if like something's going on, like I want to know. Yeah. Maybe I'm eating something weird and yep. my body's like freaking out. I don't know. Like the asparagus effect. Yeah, it totally. Could be. could be. Totally. I completely agree. <laughs> I think too, I think a lot of women and I know a lot of, um, 
I think a lot of women and additionally a lot of women within our secret Facebook group, we have a Facebook community, are always looking for ways to help and looking for ways to like get involved and volunteer and kind of give back. And I always think about situations like this where it's like, if you have an opportunity to do something that you're already doing and make a stance or say something with the money that you're spending by buying things that support Mm. women or support, you know, against cruelty to animals, against all of these things, like, why wouldn't you do that? You know, it's like maybe the belief, and I think that's what you touched on, is that these products don't work. But it's 2017, and these products absolutely work. Because chemicals that we have in most products today or in most things are actually derived from plant ingredients, but they've been broken down and added to different things so that they actually become chemicals that you know, are can't be broken down. Can't be broken yeah. down or synthetic or yeah. terrible. So it's like we're moving back to where we started from in the beginning to like things that are more natural and things that are more clean. So it's like if you want to get involved or get back or say something with what you're doing, this is like the best way I think to do it. And you totally encapsulated your entire demographic right there because, you know, if you think about it, the millennial age group, you know, people can say mm. what they will and older people make fun of them. It's all and, bullshit. They're jealous. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm sure jealous because like I would have loved to have grown up with the internet and, you know, it, it allows so much knowledge out there. And un- unfortunately, a lot of misinformation floats around out there. You know, some blogger gets some idea in her head and starts going to town and then all her, her followers, you know, get on the bandwagon and that's tough too. Mm-hmm. But you know, what you just explained is a very conscientious consumer. You're saying, I'm cool to throw down a hundred bucks because you know why? It's clean ingredients. It's a cool founder that's doing good stuff. They're kind to animals. They're not testing on animals. And when I throw this away, it's not going to wreck our environment. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's like, it's not just about the clean ingredients. It's the whole thing. And you're contributing to something that's, that's much larger than just a moisturizer sitting on a shelf. it's like that age of conscientious consumerism. And, you know, I can tell my mom till I'm blue in the face that, you know, herbal essentials is not natural. Oh my gosh, remember that? (laughs) She's like, Herbal essences. Herbal essences. Remember that? She's like, nope, nope, there's a plant on the package. (laughs) So, you know, it's... It's a generational thing, absolutely. Remember Bath and Body Works, like walking by the Bath and Body Works, and you'd be like... (gasps) Country apple, yeah, more glitter spray. I'd be like, oh my god, cucumber melon, cucumber, little antibacterial. Now I'm like, sweet pea. Do you remember sweet pea? Yeah, I never got that though. I used to give that for every (laughs) birthday. Yeah, I was like, I was a country apple girl. (laughs) Tuscan orange. Back in Pennsylvania, yeah, Tuscan orange. (laughs) Um, I'm excited. I want to. I was talking to my my friend. Is She's a a makeup artist and does weddings. And she's like top makeup artist for weddings in California, yada, yada. And I was like, oh, like we're having Annie from Credo Beauty on. And I just love this store and I had the best facial and all their products. And she's like, oh, that's amazing. She's like, but you know, with like weddings and photography, like that stuff just doesn't hold up always. I was like, well, have you tried it? She's like, no, but I've heard. So I think it's going to be so interesting to watch, you know, especially these estheticians that are so educated and and are using these products that they believe in and have tested and they love them to kind of seep into the space beyond on the photo shoots and magazine covers and like do all these things and 
you know, have these brides want to have makeup that is good for them and and source ethically, all this stuff. I think it's going to be so fun to watch and you're going to do it. Yeah, but well, I, I, um, it's so funny that you say that because, you know, the whole idea with the way that the Credo stores look and kind of the people we employ and all that stuff is was so we could be kind of the anti-natural beauty store that everybody um, shops in when they feel guilty and then don't use at their wedding. (laughs) Because, um, you know, if you think about it, like until we started opening Credo stores, all the clean beauty or natural beauty stores had the terrariums and the spa music. It was very small with wooden floors and it was very, you know, zen and cool and calm. And I was like, we're not going to do that shit. Like, we women want to buy makeup products, and they want, you know, loud music. They want to be inspired. They want makeup artists that know what they're doing and come out of there looking incredible and be able to have a whole bunch of services done. And why does it have to be something so weird and curated and small and precious just because it's clean beauty? Sure. It's like uh, when BMW came out with their natural car. Like, why does it have to look like a washing machine? Oh, my God. Like, why I can't talk it look about like that every day because <laughs> they're not Tesla. That's like the Tesla thing. Yeah. Yo, I think about that BMW. Every time I see it, I'm like, but you know what's funny is they Toyota Prius, they had Prius before it looked like a regular car. Yeah. And users, consumers didn't want it to look like a regular car. So they made it look like a spaceship. Yeah. So sometimes consumers want it to be different because they want to be known, you know, like I'm clean, I'm eco-friendly, whatever. But I completely agree with you. Yeah, it's so funny. So I think now it's so cool is, you know, the brand's product development and color is super tough. And that's why women are like, yeah, you know, I'll use that on my, you know, Monday through Friday, but not if I'm going somewhere where everyone's going to look at my face. So that um, is starting to change. And, you know, I know why women feel that way because to date, color cosmetic brands use really light colors that are very neutral and safe. They don't have a lot of color payoff. They fall off your face after an hour. And, you know, but that's, that's starting to change. And they're able to develop products now that have a lot of color pigment payoff and they do stay on and they're, mm. you know, look sexy and cool. I mean, look at Ritual Defeat. I mean, those chicks are killing it with their product development and, you know, they're bucking the misconception that you can't have all that and have clean beauty products. So we're, we need more of that. That's where the, the need really is. Skincare is, you know, it's a tough game and there's a lot of really beautiful brands out there, like I was saying earlier, but color is, very underserved in um, Mm. awesome product development because it's hard. It's not easy to develop. It's way easier to throw in a bunch of synthetics and and crazy, you know, ingredients that are binders and make a cool product. It's much harder to work with clean or natural ingredients. Sure. But people are doing it, for sure. It'll be interesting to see, you know, across the next years, however many, but the effect that some of these ingredients have putting on your skin, you know, on people. Your skin is your largest largest organ. So whatever you're putting on your body, your body's absorbing. So if you're putting crap on yourself every single day, you know, you, we don't know what the effects are. Yeah. What is it? Because a lot of them have an effect hormonally. Yeah. Can affect. Mm. So there's a lot of ingredients that are, you know, disruptors of your uh, estrogen system. And it is. They're like xenoestrogens. And it's terrifying. I mean, think about that for a second. Like you've got something entering your bloodstream that's jacking around with your hormones. And, you know, it's a terrifying concept 
you know, I think women now are coming to terms with the fact that this is a reality and it's not just a bunch of advocate females running around talking about toxic, scary ingredients. I think for us, you know, we're trying to, like I said, keep it on the positive side because we don't want women to feel guilty about the decisions they've made in their past, myself included. Mm. We don't want to dwell on that. We want to talk about the good stuff that are in these ingredients and keep it happy and light and fun. You know, we've got people out there doing great stuff that you would consider our competitors, but they're very serious. You know, it's very serious and it's very scary and they use a lot of scary words. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to make women smile and we're trying to give them a beauty product that puts a smile on their face, makes them feel good and kind of taps into that emotional side of buying a beauty product that makes you feel like you just did something great for yourself. And, you know, and why not at the same time have it be good for you? And that's kind of our philosophy because, you know, you can be scary and you can talk about scary ingredients and, and take that approach. But for us, that's not what buying beauty products is all about. That's the approach I like, scary. I like to freak people out. (laughs) (laughs) I like to just get really graphic and just freak people out. (laughs) Well, there's tons of information out there to do it, for sure. Is there any documentaries about the beauty industry? Because I feel like, you know, there's like fast fashion ones. There's obviously ones about the food industry. But I'd be curious if there's any documentaries about the beauty industry. Yeah, there are a couple. We um, co-sponsored the showing of one, um, and I'm blanking on the name of it now, but there's also the story of stuff that you can find Mm. on um, YouTube. There's also a study that UC Berkeley commissioned where they actually, um, this is more of a clinical study. Did you hear about this one already? Where they took a bunch of teenage girls and had half of them using conventional beauty products and half of them using natural beauty products and did a urinalysis on these girls. And once they, you know, the trace chemicals in these girls after using natural beauty products were completely gone. And it's it's studies like those that are, you know, completely, I mean, you can't, you can't unknow that stuff once mm. you know it. And you know, I think I think for us as the as the space grows and more brands come to market you know, greenwashing is a very real thing. And that's that's something that scares us, to be honest, is we worry about um, ingredients that come to market where we don't understand what they are or how they were created in a lab and if they are truly clean or not. So we tend to stick with brands that are as natural as possible. You know, we're not trying to be an all-natural store, but really um, the power of plants and plant ingredients is something we totally believe in and to uh, start to delve into this world of brands creating green cosmetics is something that scares us a little bit. Mm. I wonder who's doing that. You know, we've we've come across brands where we don't know that they're necessarily doing that or not, but we can't seem to get a clear answer from anybody on what the ingredients are or what lab created them. And it's it's always like a little bit of a head scratcher. So right. it's usually like we just trust Better our gut and move on. We do wow. have one brand that was uh, in our store and it turns out, you know, they're back with us again. So it's like a good ending to kind of a, a bummer story. But they um, had an ingredient in their product that while the ingredient as it stood itself wasn't a toxic ingredient, someone that we worked with knew the labs that created that ingredient 
and knew that it went through a chemical process that that had um, a petroleum-based ingredient that went through that process. And it's like one of those things, it's like, yeah, we could have walked away and said, oh, well, it's not on the ingredient label and no one will ever know. But once we knew it, we couldn't unknow it. So we went to the brand and said, you know, we think this ingredient goes through a, a manufacturing process that in, incorporates really bad ingredients. And they said, no, 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 it couldn't. So they went back to the lab, found out that it actually did. And, you know, they were just as surprised as we were. And wow. it was not intentional. So I think a lot of this happens unintentionally. And, you know, you're working with contract manufacturers, if you're not in your kitchen making it yourself, that you're kind of reliant on those people to be doing the right thing. So, but they were fantastic. They took it back, they reformulated, they came back a year and a half later and are selling really well in our store again and and doing a great business. And it and it was a bummer to go through, but it made them so much more important to us and such a stronger partner because of it, because that integrity really showed. You know, people most times aren't trying to do the wrong thing. Yeah. I can assume that people are always trying their best. I think that's yeah a good business practice. I yeah. guess. And sometimes, <laughs> I feel like sometimes with like big companies, I'm like, you're not fucking doing your best. Like you're doing your best for you. Do you know what I mean? In the bottom line and like the growth of your business. So that's what I'm just like. I think with small businesses. Oh, though. yeah. You know, but like as you get more woke, like I just feel sometimes, more, and this is literally non unrelated to this conversation, but something I've been thinking about recently, especially related to f- the food industry, just like, the dishonesty sometimes to like get at the belief or the desire that people have to do better for themselves. So taking advantage of the fact that people want to eat organic and not having organic ingredients in the food, taking advantage of the fact that people want to be eco-friendly, they want to be green and having greenwashing, you know, labeling that isn't green. Mm -hmm. So that that kind of stuff is like what really bothers me is like when people are actually trying to be better and then people are going to mark in marketing ways, take advantage of that desire to be better or lie to them. Yeah. And I think people are natural skeptics, you know, and we see Mm -hmm. it in the stores every day. And I think I probably am too. You know, we, we watch women come into the store and, you know, will someone will take them through the ingredients and talk to them about what the product, you know, what these, what these ingredients are. And, you know, you'll see them kind of sitting there like, okay. And they're not, you know, they're like, I'm not buying this at all. And I think women are, you know, not even women, customers today are natural skeptics because Mm -hmm. of that. And when we live in a world where nine gajillion messages are coming to you at the same time, and there's a lot of shysters and bad people out there. So people are skeptical and it definitely exists out there. Well, this has been eye-opening and inspiring. Yeah, seriously. Um, What are... What are you most excited about kind of next in the life of Credo? I know you guys are still, you know, people are finding out about you and I'm so excited for our listeners to yeah. know more. You guys are going to um, love so it. What are, you, what are you excited about? Well, we're opening in some uh, fantastic markets. We opened mm. in Boston today Ooh. on Mary yeah. Street. Oh my um, God. I went and, to school up there. Oh, you did? Yeah, they so made excited. It. So excited. It's and. Great. Uh, we're about to open in uh, La Jolla in uh, UTC Mall. And that's right. our our first kind of mall, if you will, outdoor lifestyle center, whatever you want to call it. Um, but California. We're, 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 yeah, it's, it's uh, California. So we'll call it a lifestyle center. <laughs> we're super excited about that. So we are right next door to Apple, which mm. Shashi would have been hugely excited about. Oh, and so it's pretty fun. Yeah. Awesome. So we're excited about that. I think... What we're excited about in the space is that 
we're seeing, you know, a change where it isn't, you know, people talking about like, oh, that's the best clean or green mascara and this is the best mascara. Just They're this. starting to be recognized as just kick-ass mascaras. And, Love you know, that. the lines are definitely starting to be blurred and these products are standing on their own, which is, you know, a huge step forward. So, you know, it's starting to become mainstream and not such a, you know, niche movement. I have less and less editors asking about the niche, which mm-hmm. is really exciting. That's great. Yeah. So if our listeners uh, don't have a store near near them, they can go to credobeauty.com. Yes. Yeah. Open all the time. Awesome. That's and then we'll great. link um, the dirty list. Is great. it the dirty yeah. dozen? Yeah, the dirty ingredient list. Dirty ingredient list. We'll, rank, we'll link um, the documentaries that we talked about. We'll link more information on um, clean beauty and the importance of that in the show notes so you guys can... Change your life. Change it up. Yeah. Great. Oh, yes. Clean, clean, clean. Clean, clean, clean. Across the board. Clean, clean, clean. (laughs) Um, We feel so lucky that these women especially Mm -hmm. um, are, you know, changing the way that we take care of ourselves so that we don't even have to worry or second guess what we're putting on our bodies or around our bodies and we don't have to sacrifice quality and... Yeah, I just think it's like just the beginning. So we're so honored to talk to these women and to use the brands and to share them with you. Credo Beauty and Branch Basics. The discount code for Branch Basics is 15% using almost 30 if you want to get that. Yeah. And we have our events coming up. So if you haven't heard, we have an event on April 28th, Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. at Knockout LA um, Fitness with a Finest. We have mm-hmm. our beautiful friend, Aubrey Winters, aubreywinters.com. She's going to teach her Aubrey Winters method. So fun. It's as dance element. Mm-hmm. Like It's just like in your body. You feel confident and amazing. And it's a great, great workout. And then we're going to follow with a meditation. And Kalumi is going to debut their new Cheeky chai bar, which we love the so much. The bars are bomb. So you guys will favorite. get some bars. Yeah. And then a few other sponsors, Kale and Coconuts are going to do some amazing smoothie bowls, mm-hmm. suja juice. So we'll have amazing juices. They have like their vinegar waters are amazing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, boxed water is also going to be sponsoring in addition to hum. So you guys will get everything you could ever want. As always at the workout. almost 30 events, you're going to get some good stuff. You're going to get some hum. Um, and then we also have an event on May 6th yep. um, at Sage Wellness. Uh, with Spirit Daughter and Energy Muse. And we're just so excited. Want to tell them a little bit about that? Yeah, that one's going to be workshop style. So that one is from three to five on May 6th. That's Sage Wellness off of Abikini. Um, And what you can expect is a crystal ritual. So you guys will learn a crystal ritual from Heather and Timmy of Energy Muse. And you guys will be able to use a crystal that's specific to you. So everyone that's coming to the event, we're going to be gathering information from them about their birthday, location, Mm. time that they were born so that we can give them the crystal crystal that fits them in the best way. And then we're also going to provide you your own very special reading for your moon sign, sun sign, and rising sign. And you'll be able to use that information during the workshop to really get in deep into where you're like your Saturn return, everything with that, but also to moon information that's specific to you. Yeah. Go onto our website, almost30podcast.com. Go to our events tab and you can see the links there to our Conscious City Guide page where you can purchase tickets. And also we have our uh, collaboration with Bourbon Barbie still going on on the website. So check that out, our our Almost 30 merch. 
And yeah, we just uh, are so excited to see you at our events on our Almost 30 tour that's coming up this summer. Um, And let us know if you want us to come to your city. We are adding to the list. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you and love you. And we'll see See you you next next week. week. (laughs) Bye. 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 Bye.